0: Let's just pray. Father, I just thank you for this time together. and Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, none of us would be here without you, without your hand, without people that love you, people that are willing to get out of themselves and just share your love and your, your desire and your concern. And Father, this morning, I thank you for the privilege that I have to come and to minister your incredible word, your words of life. And I pray that this morning it would be like living water. It would be manna from heaven. And, Lord, that it would touch our hearts. And not only would it touch our hearts, it would affect our lives. Father, I pray that we would not just be hearers of the word this morning, but, God, somehow you would just work that miracle thing that you do, God, and you make us doers. And so, Father, I thank you for the privilege, and I pray that you would speak through your word, speak through, as I have this small amount of time, just to, uh, God, just to be able to share your goodness and your heart in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, it's so good to be back, and, uh, you know, just, it's been, honestly, uh, it's been seven weeks since I've, I've been able to minister here. Uh, the last service that I did was actually uh, in Eunice, and um, and then uh, two weeks ago, I was, they, uh, Lake Charles, you can go on Church of the King on the website, they did an interview with me, and I went in, and Pastor Todd interviewed me, and I ministered there at their church, and we just say something, man, God's just moving incredible uh, there at, at Church of the King, and Pastor Jacob in them's church, Pastor Eugene, I mean, just our, our Opelousas campus, is just like a miracle story by itself. They they've already, they have three services, and they don't have enough room to do a fourth service. Isn't that awesome? And get, can I tell you something? 65% of their church is black. Come on, we want a white out. We want them out. I don't know, just, even. But this morning, I'm so privileged and so excited to be here because I know this is, you know, many years ago, you know, it's like people ask me, are you, are you going somewhere else after you... The church, and I this church, and if you've been with us a long time, God's called me for a lifetime to minister here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. If the Lord takes me, praise God. And he's already tried to threaten me with death, but I'm here, so praise God. But, uh, you know, this morning, here's, I, have have I want to pose a couple of questions to you. How, how do you know when your children go up, grow up? How do you know when your children grow up? Come on. I know some, oh, they learn to brush their teeth on their own without me telling them. You know, they, you know, you know, you know how you know when your children grow up, when they begin to take responsibility for their own life. And all of us parents love it when they do it. Amen. Amen. And so the question is, how do you know when a Christian grows up? You know, you know how you know when a Christian grows up is they begin to take responsibility for what God has called them to be and what God has called them to do. Amen. Amen. You see, this is our community. And, and if this is our community, and when I mean our community, I'm not just talking about Jenny. I'm talking about the greater Jeff Davis parish area. You know what I'm saying? JDP. Okay? And, and it's this greater area, and that God wants us to take responsibility for our community. Amen? And it's not and why do we why do we go? Here's, here's number one. Why do we go? Because it's Christ's mission, or really it's Jesus' mission for us to go you know if you see right there in Matthew if you have notes it just says this Matthew 28 we know this verse this this portion of scripture I've heard it from the moment I've gotten saved Jesus came and told his disciples he told them and you know what you how you make disciples you tell people and he says I have grown I've given all authority in heaven and on earth how much authority when you look it up in the Greek, all means all, okay? It means everything. And it just says this therefore, go and make disciples. And so I'm going to stop right there. I'm coming back. It says, go and make disciples. That means when I go to Walmart, as I'm going, that, that, that verse says go, it means as I'm going. That's what it means. As I'm going in life. As I'm going to school, that I'm going to be able to share with people about the love and the power of Jesus and his deliverance. And what he can, if he can do it in my life, he can do it in your life. As I go to Walmart and I say, and listen, if you hadn't seen anybody in a long time that you know, just go to Walmart. You'll run into some people. And as you go, go there. I know the other day my wife and I were in Walmart. We saw someone that, and we just started ministering and praying for them. And it actually took them—it took my wife took my wife's shopping time away. But anyway, it was just just trying to minister to someone. And and it's like I know as we go, as you go to work, wherever you go, we ought to be going with Jesus. Amen. And it just is isn't it? making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Boy, that's a beautiful picture of the Trinity right there for those that have challenges of believing in the Trinity. He says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of it, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is what we call the Great Commission. What we like to say is another way we describe the Great Commission in our Savior's church is this is that we're reaching people and building lives. What does that mean? Reaching people, we want people to have an encounter with Jesus. I'm just I'm here because I had an encounter with him. And because I had an encounter with him, I became a born again Christian. That means, you know, that means that I put away the old man. Hello? And I had someone that loved me enough to say, "Okay, now that you got the old man, you're going to deal with that old man." How many of you know that salvation is an event? It's a moment in your life, but it's also a process. You got to live it out because there's that old man and there's that new man. There's that new person. It's the Spirit of God, and they're at war. How many of you know that you had a war this morning? You heard voices. No, you can't go there. No, you can't do this. How many of you have your voices this way? Oh, you've got to be this way. You've got to be that way. No, no, no. We've got to learn to hear God's voice. And so what happens, we know there's that battle. And what we do is when we give our lives to Jesus and we have an encounter with him, what really actually happens is we begin to take on that new person that God has put in us. He gives us a new spirit. We become born again. Amen? And what happens is we learn to put that old person off. And if you're dealing with things or if you're walking and in, in, in struggling with things, maybe you've allowed some of that old stuff, that old stinking thinking, that old man, that old hello, to come back. And that's why it's so important. I saw a baby this morning, and, and I was seeing the baby, and I looked at it, and I go, man, this baby is so well fed. You can tell. You know when they got the little... You know, they're just well-fed. But see, the most important thing is, as us as Christians, why? When you become born again, it's not just going around and telling people about it. It's so you got to feed yourself. Come on. Because you got to learn to have nutrition. Because we know that a baby can be born healthy. It can have all those different things. But unless it gets the milk that it needs, come on, like the milk of the word. Unless that baby gets me, it's not going to grow, and it's not going to flourish. And that's where a lot of people are. I've met so many people that had a counter with God, that came to an altar, or they came to a meeting, or they came to a service, and God did something to them, but that was it. And they never went back and began to nourish themselves. And that's why many of you, listen, you can come in here with your Bibles, but don't be Bible deficient. Look, I've been locked up for seven weeks. I saw Miss Joyce. Uh, Etienne, uh, uh, I got to tell you what she said. um, She she goes, "Oh, Pastor, it's so good to see you." I said, "Miss Joy, so good to see you." I'm going to be back this week because I I "I feel feel like I've been all locked up. She goes, "But let it loose, baby. Let it loose." (laughs) Anyway, so I'm sorry, but I'm just—I'm going to have fun this morning. It's reaching people. I want to reach people by bringing them to a place where they can encounter Jesus. They encounter the Holy Spirit. They can encounter him in such an incredible way that they say, i got to have this. i got to have some more of this. You remember when you used to get good stuff when you were in the world? Come on. And you go, man, I've got to have some more of this. How much did it cost? You didn't care how much it cost. You wanted that buzz. Yeah. Anyway, y'all pray. Anyway. But see, what happens is, is that now you build lives. What does that mean? You build a foundation. You allow people to begin, begin to have growth. What does that mean? You know, I, I saw a guy, I was reading a story one time, and he was a, he is a, a preacher. His name was Derek Prince, and he was, he was renting an apartment in uh, Jerusalem. And they had this Assyrian man get this permit, and it was only built, it was only permitted to build a two-story structure. Okay, so the, the foundation was only able to hold two stories. So the guy built the one story, built the other, and he thought, man, I can get a little more rent. So he built the third story. And what began to happen, he thought, man, I'm getting all this money and everything. But over a course of a few months, all of a sudden, the whole place began, the corner began to give way. And see, God wants us, and, it, and what happened, He ended up destroying the whole building. What's important for all of us is that we build firm foundation in Jesus. you got to know who you are, what God has done in your life, and where you're going. It's important because if you try to build, and, you know, I, I just believe this, that many people come to our church many ways with no spiritual foundation at all, and they need to learn how to have foundation or they have faulty foundation. And as a pastor, sometimes I've got to go, you know what? You ever see those commercials, faulty foundation problems? And It's me. It's Pastor Josh. It's people here that love you and go, you know, you have faulty foundation. Can we jack you up a little bit over here and get this thing straight? And, well, I don't like the way I am. I don't like who I am. Well, let me tell you, this is what you need to do. And sometimes people just don't like you to tell them what they need to do. Hello. But if you saw the video, it's like Trey said, a two- or three-year-old. How many of you have all seen him at Walmart have? Come on, mom. I mean, you've been to Walmart and children had those demonic explosions in the aisles. And we know the checkout line. That's set up by the devil. You can your children can be perfect while you're shopping, but when they get in, they see those little suckers and the little things and all the little trinkets. Mama can't have no. Can't have no, no. We got you know, you don't want to we got barely enough to buy what we're eating. We don't need that you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, I've seen them, and I've seen moms go, all right, shut up, just get the candy. It brings things out of you. And I know this, anytime you build a building or you build something, stuff's coming out of you too. It's not always easy to build something. But I know this. If you allow God to begin to build the right foundation with the right people that love you and help you, can I tell you something, whatever pressure, whatever weight that's put on you, you'll be able to handle it because you've built solid foundation on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, my foundation was, has been tested the last two years. I mean, I got a, a nine-inch scar like right here. Y'all want to see? Okay, yeah. I, went, I didn't want to show you my belly button anyway. I haven't I haven't any. Anyway, so. It's remind me. You know, the, these last two years have really been a moment where I've known this. I've been tested. I've been tried. I've had moments where I felt the Holy Spirit strong. God do things in my own personal life. But also moments of weakness, moments of discouragement. Can I just be honest with you? Moments like, man, I, you know, when your son asks you, you know, Dad, does that mean you're going to die and he's nine? And you kind of go, nah, I could, but we're not going to believe that. And and I'm not here to play emotional games with you. I'm just telling you, the reality is that Tracy and I have had to have conversations that I didn't really want to have. You know what I'm saying? How do we work this out if you don't make it? Or this is this, this, and how do we do this? And can I tell you something? I never had that conversation with her. And it had to bring a kind of a reality check. It just makes you realize, you know, life is like, and we gotta use whatever God's given us as much as possible. Are y'all with me? You see, but it goes right here into Luke 14, verse 23. So his master said, Go out. Here, here it is. Go out, that, I love those two words, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. You know what the greatest thing about that verse is right there? See, the Jewish people knew they were chosen. They knew that they were, they were the right people and everything. But that verse really means this, is there was Gentiles that were outside. And Jesus is telling the story, and he's saying, listen, it's not about us anymore. Go out and tell everybody that's lame, crippled, can't walk, that are in debt, and let them know. And When they heard that word, they were excited guests. And see, what Jesus has done is God has used someone in your life to get you to the place where you're here today. Amen? Amen? God used someone, a moment, a circumstance. He used somebody. Thank God there was somebody in Jesus that had Jesus' skin on them and they shared with you. Amen? Yeah. You see, Lord, and, and my thing, and he, he, says, he says, Lord, give us, you know, I, this is my prayer. God, give us people that no one wants. Is that okay? Because here it is. If, you, if we will reach the people no one wants, he will give us the people everybody wants. I believe that. You know, I'm looking for people that have a passion. You see, you know, the, the least in the kingdom, the Bible says, is the greatest in the kingdom. You know why we want more seats? Why we're ordering more seats? Because we want to have a house that's full. Full of the people that love God. Full of people that have a hunger for Jesus. Not just to say we're, we have a, a such and such amount of people that come to our church. That's not what it's all about. It's about seeing people's lives change. I mean, you, know, the, you know, it's like, you know, it's, let me just give you. The second thing is, it's our mission. And this, this is, a, well, if you are seated next to an empty seat, can I just ask you to do something right now? Just put your hand on that seat and say, God, fill that seat. Fill that seat. If there's more than one by you, fill it, touch it and go, God, fill that seat. You know what I did this morning before you came here while the worship team was there? I walked around this this church and said, God, bless every person that sits in this seat. Because I was reminded when we first started, we only had a few chairs. And I remember I'd go to every chair and I'd pray, God, whoever sits here today, speak to them, minister to them. Let them walk out of here with a hunger, a thirst for you. And, Lord, just let them grow. Let them be changed. Let them affect people's lives. I, and see, I did that this morning. I walked around there seven times. I don't know why seven times. I just thought it was spiritual. I said, shoot, if Joshua had to do it seven times, I guess I'm going to do it seven. I was ready to go, all right. I didn't have a trump. And it was just the walls. We don't want the walls to fall down, but. But see, this is amazing that you know that in Jeff Davis Parish, think about this, just in Jeff Davis Parish, 9,535 people in our parish, they filled out the census report of 2010, and it said this, they they have no church or religious affiliation, and they live in our region. We have less than 35,000 people in our entire parish. That's about a third that said they have no church or religious affiliation. You know what that does to me? Makes me go, God, our greatest days are ahead of us. That means there are people. And those are people that said that. How many of you know there's a lot more people that say that there's something, but they don't even go to church, much less acknowledge Jesus, and I think about that. You know, I think about that. There, that means there are people that are going to split hell wide open. And they haven't heard the good news of Jesus. They don't, know how to build, they don't know how to build a life that's centered around him. Like Jamie said early in the video, he said, I just thought it was about rules and regulations. But I, when he said that came here and God began to show me it was about having a, a relationship with him. And I'm standing up here today and how I can make it through two years is because I have a relationship with Jesus amen and I have people in my life you know that have served me my wife has been so incredible I can't say enough I mean my bank my marriage bank account is overdrawn she's got so many deposits I got the rest of my life to pay back what she's how she just ministered to me and I mean that y'all give it up for my wife don't be clapping for me coming up here Because I promise you, there was days she was serving me and she didn't want to. There was days I was laying back in my recliner and couldn't move. and She wanted to be laying up in the recliner and someone bringing her something. That's the truth of the matter. But she went beyond her feelings, beyond all those things, and just wanted to minister to me and love me in such a way that I could see the heart of God. You know, we have a mission. To reach the lost. You know, we are a church of hundreds in a city of thousands. But see, the moment we start looking inside and worrying about our needs is the moment we start going backward. And let me just say this. An inward-focused church. Here it is. Listen to me. An inward-focused church is an unhealthy church. It's a dying church. It's all about us. Hey, that's all. We got to you know, we got the thing and you know, I got to run. That's why, can I just be honest with you? That's why, and, it, and it's, this is not to condemn anybody that does this. That's why when we do things, events and stuff, it's always free. It's not about making money to do something or make something happen. If we need something, I feel like I need to go to the people. But also, I need to be one of the biggest givers as well. You know, I need to give. I need to sacrifice. It's not just about you. It's about me too. Come on. And see, and, and I believe that, you know, that we believe, we can believe God that he can do anything. Just remember that God left his church to fulfill his mission. Remember, he left his church and he didn't leave it. He didn't have a backup plan. You see, the heartbeat of our house is for reaching people who aren't even here yet. Who aren't even here yet. Can I just say something to you? When we came here 12 years ago, coming back in the green van, we prayed for you. We didn't know what you looked like. We didn't know how you were going to smell. We didn't know how you were going to act. We didn't know if you would be good sheep or attack sheep. That's another word for wolves. You know, you you ever, I've been as a pastor, you go to someone and it's, you know what attack sheep is? How many know what attack sheep is? Okay. All right. It's like you go up to them, and and it's like you go to pet them, and I'll say, ah, canine teeth come out. And I'll leave it at that. See, the heartbeat, please, let let me just say this. Please help us shrink the number of 9,535 people that have no church affiliation. I want to depopulate hell and populate heaven. You know, there are people. You know, Zach and I took some guys that he's been ministering to in the Bible study, hunting yesterday. And it was just fun. They don't care about anything, you know. Well, just, but, but I just say this. and I mean, we had a great time. We didn't kill any geese. Shot some doves while waiting. We just had a good time with these guys. And Zach's just been ministering to him. He's been pouring his life to die. This afternoon, he's going to go in minute. He has a Bible study at Paradise Park. He'll be there this afternoon just ministering to people and loving people. And it's not the location of where you live. It's, the lo- it's finding the location of someone's heart. And you putting yourself in the location God's called you to walk in. You know, we talked about the video and... Are y'all with me? When we first were coming here, I mean, it's, that is a true story. Pastor Jacob didn't give me time to tell my family. Can you imagine that? How many of you did not know that? Come on. How many of you knew about that? Come on. Just, okay. If you, I mean, literally, I, I'm like, I'm reeling, man. I'm thinking, oh, God, this is the worst Sunday in my entire life. My children hate me. Andrew Lilly wrote something underneath one of his shelves. The worst day. When we moved to Jennings. He Worst day of my life. Moving to Jennings. We had four kids. We didn't have a, we had a word, but we didn't have a promise. People were coming. Janine, were you at the first service? Second. Okay. We, had like, we were excited. We had 18 people show up. Burnetta huh? Burnetta was there. Okay, Bernetta was there. You remember that? And most of the people were related to me. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's funny? I'm crying on the inside. Oh, God. And then we'd go to the Holiday Inn, and I remember, you know, it's like we'd go there, and, you know, there'd be a few people show up. I think the biggest number we ever got was like 28, something like that maybe. But we knew that God had called him. And Judge Knight, I mean, we bought his, him and Donna's house. And the cool thing is, you know, man, when you sow into a preacher, he helped me out. He blessed me. He gave me a new water heater. Remember that, Judge? And put a new air conditioner in for us. He just blessed us. You know, the cool thing is, he sowed into us, and now we're able to sow into his son now. Come on. God's got a, a cool payback plan. And You can never outgive God. You can never outdo God, but if you follow God, God will begin to show you things that you never dreamed of ever seeing or ever having in your life. Right. You know, it's kind of an inside thing Tracy and I do sometimes, like she goes, "You know, baby, I used to do this. I don't know if it was on the video when I, one day, when, if I ever become a preacher, I'm going to preach in my Levi as well. I wore my Levi's this morning, I thought about you know, and I don't care. It's kind of like, where's Miss Margie? Yeah, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit, Miss Margie. <laughs> you know, we had the, 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 the hoedown a couple of weeks ago. And she goes, she go, I'm walking up. She hadn't seen me in like a few weeks, and I'm having like a blue jean, my little, my farmer look. And she saw me, she goes, Whew. She goes, oh, Pastor Bubba, that's you. She goes, I thought, man, who's that good-looking man coming my way? Oh, and then I saw it was you. She, goes, I can't think that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I'm> about that, <laughs> but that's what family's all about. You can cry together. You can laugh together. You can pray together. And I think about Megan Gott. She's in the hospital with a little boy William, her second son. Had to get a stint last night, an emergency thing. She, he's all good right now. But when she texts me to pray, I just stopped some people I was around. Hey, we're gonna stop. We're gonna pray. And I text her, I said, hey, I was with a group of people. We stopped and we prayed. And we asked God to minister to your child. And she just, can I just tell you she was blessed? You know, this week, uh, I know that Zach went and visited someone that lives in Lafayette. Don't even go to our church, but their son comes here and been able to minister to him, and his life's totally been radically changed because he's had an encounter with Jesus. He's been praying for his his family. Zach went and visited his mom. Josh went and visited your granddaughter this week with un and unannounced. I love that kind of stuff when people just show up unannounced. Come on. I found. I mean, like, when I was sick, people would bring us food or promise they'd do stuff or help, you know. It was neat. You know, uh, Judge, Billy came and redid my whole deck. And I think you bought him the paint. I was thinking that's for all the days Donna fussed at him and he wouldn't do it. (laughs) It's come back, and I'm the one receiving the blessing. (laughs) I wish he was here. He's offshore. But, you know. The last thing, it's got to be your mission. It can't just be Jesus' mission. It can't be our mission. It has to be your mission. Amen? First Peter says this. I love this scripture. It says, for you are a chosen people. God chose you. God chose you. You know the cool thing about being a chosen person? You're wanted. You're needed. God said, I want you. I need you. I need you. We always think, well, God doesn't need me. You're, he chose you. It's like he, you. You're on my team. Come on, over here. This, you're needed. I don't care what the devil's told you. Well, I can't do anything. Guess what? Most people that try to do anything anyway can't do anything. They don't know how to do anything anyway when they started. How many of you have heard of of Mother Teresa? None of y'all? Where have y'all been the last century? Everybody knows Mother Teresa, but you know how she started? She started ministering to lepers and people that were little orphans and people that no one wanted to one day she could stand before presidents and say, you know, it's a poverty that we take. We, We kill babies so we can live the way we want to live be able to stand before rulers and be able to talk like that that way a little Indian lady she was like this small makes me feel tall (laughs) but God is no respecter of persons that he will use any yielded vessel and say God here I am use me before he can use you you know your prayer needs to be make me what you want to use he says, you are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Isn't that good? For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And look at me, I want to tell you something. You know what all of us in this room fight? Because i talked about the old man and the new man and the new man and the old man. All of us fight this for the rest of our lives. The darkness that used to bind us. How many talking about? For some areas, it's not as it's not as hard. But in other areas, the enemy tries to come. What darkness? The only thing I love about light is we could turn off all the lights in here and it would be dark, but you turn on the light and the darkness dispels it, leaves. Poof. And that's what God's called us to. Can I tell you something? I don't base what God's going to do by an election or whatever happens. I believe that God wants us, like my wife said, Bubba, I really believe. She told me, she, said, she goes, I really believe God has called us to be brighter lights than we've ever been before. And can I tell you something? I look forward for these next, this next decade. That God's going to grow our church. God's going to reach this city. We're going to see change. We'll see revival. The Bible says, "If my people that are called by not by my name will call out to God, listen." It doesn't say if the president would call out. It said if my people would call out. Who are you? His people. Come on, we're, his cho- we're chosen people. We're, we're a royal priesthood. I mean, man, we are, we got, we are, we're his kids. I mean, we can sit around the table and dine with him and he speaks to us. That's what I love about family. When my kids come and my wife, that's her best days. When she get all the kids, the grandkids, and we're all around that table. It don't matter how loud it is or anything, she get that big old smile. Cause she, probably because of the loudness, she goes, This that nothing compared to delivering each one of these. Praise God, that's over with. See, you are Jesus with skin on for this world. You bring Christ to people and people to Christ. You know, This verse, Matthew, I love it. Matthew 5, verse 13 through 14. Look what it says. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. The thing about salt, salt produces thirst. See, you know how I really got saved? I started seeing people's lives change all around me that I knew. And then, I mean, I, this guy, it was my best friend's brother. He was the wildest guy I ever knew in my entire life. I mean, he was so wild. He lived upstairs, in a room by himself upstairs. He didn't even know. His mom didn't even know for days. He was up there, and he painted his entire. He was a photographer, so he painted his entire bathroom black. So he could have a dark room, develop his pictures. And I remember his mom, I remember being at the house when his mom went upstairs. She went, ah, Dean, what have you done in my bathroom? And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, you got to know Miss June. She was crazy. I mean, no one with me. She'd deck you, I promise. When my friend got caught with my rolling papers in his wallet, she literally, he was standing at the principal, she decked him, co-cop. She was a cop. It's like, dang, you don't mess with Miss June. I mean, Miss June was bad. But I remember when Dean got, and he was crazy, all this stuff. But, I mean, he got saved. And he started preaching to everybody. I mean, I mean, instead of his bathroom being black, he prayed his whole room, a mural of Jesus and the resurrection. And, you know, I mean, all that stuff. Mom screamed again. Oh, my God. And he goes, that's what you need, Mom. God. Started preaching to her. I mean, I was scared of him. like, man, he was crazy, but now he's really crazy. He's up in that Jesus stuff. You know what I'm talking about. You remember? I remember I'd go to McKinley Street, and my grandmother was safe, and she used to pray, and and then Pastor Jacob's youth group used to pray for me. And I used to think that, that they went around McKinley Street, the strip in Lafayette, with my picture looking for me. So when I saw people witnessing on the strip, I would always—I would never argue. I had enough fear of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I would never argue about Jesus. I mean, you cuss Jesus out, I'd knock you out. You understand? That's one thing about the South. Oh, I'm gonna tell you about God. Don't you mess with Jesus. I'm gonna knock. I mean, you know. Anyway, where are you going? I don't know where I'm going, but i i was talking about salt. Lord, I have just traveled. <laughs> Far and wide. I'm, it's a shame, Miss Joyce, and I'm being loosened up, Miss Joyce. Anyway. It produces thirst. But you know what all salt does? It preserves. And it heals. God's waiting for you and I to be the salt and the light of the world. That we bring preservation to God's kingdom. That we bring healing we bring thirst. Light is never defeated by darkness. The only way darkness wins is if we hide the light. And let me just wrap it up. You know, so Pastor, why a miracle offering? Why a miracle offering, Pastor brother? You know, these six weeks we've been talking about the heart for the house. As God's chosen people, our love for God overflows into our love for this house as well. Giving isn't God's way of raising cash. Can I just say that? Giving is not God's way of raising cash. It's God's way of raising kids. Hello, do you get that? Every time I give, I'm giving away part of my stinginess and my selfishness. Because can I just be honest with you? I had a real time this morning grappling what I was going to give. You know why this this week she's not here? But my son Nathan he got in a wreck last week. He hit someone in our church, Mary Lalonde. She's not here. Hope she's not in hospital. But anyway, I called her and no, she's okay. And you know how kids are. You know, and he's driving, coming to a light, but he says this. He goes, "I couldn't stop my brakes; just didn't work right." Those dad you told me you got to look at those dad. You even told me the brakes might be. You know what I mean? And so I had to go get his truck fixed, and I know this guy, and he really helped me out with some prices and all this stuff. So it was definitely, a, and you know, his dream was his—he he was praying, God, let me get my truck back by my birthday. His birthday is 18 Friday. He did—they did, they, they did call me. I said, Isn't it amazing you get your birthday wish, and I lived with the bill? <laughs> so, well, you paying me back? He is going to pay. Me. He is paying me. He has paid some, but nowhere near. You understand me? And so you're going, dang, I got that. I got all this stuff. You know, I could go, well, I got these medical things. I got this. I got that. I I don't know what you got. And I'm not going to beg you, tell you a sad story. You know, I'm not going to give you all things. But God doesn't need your money, and he doesn't need my money. But I need to give. Maybe you need to give. God doesn't need that. Matthew says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As Jim shared this morning, he said, man, my heart is to give, to be a blessing to the kingdom. You know, he wants my heart. He wants your heart. I wrote this down. We have an opportunity to share the treasure that God has entrusted with us. Home is where the heart is. And where my heart is, there my treasure will also be. Let me just, let me ask you, if Jesus is willing to give his life for this house, his church, is it possible he's asking us maybe to do the same? you know, the things that Pastor Josh and Zach have been asking you to do these last few weeks is just pray, obey, and give. Okay, look at me. We're not showing any videos with children with malnutritious bellies. Where's this money going, Pastor? Let me tell you where it's going. You know, Pastor, we, we were planning the Christmas event and like we said, we had like 309 for our Christmas thing last year. We don't have that many chairs, okay? And we can't use Eunice's chairs because they're growing too. So we're in a dilemma. And he said, Pastor, what do we do? The chairs cost 8000 something dollars, okay, what we got to buy. It's the same kind of, same, we're not changing the color. It's the same chair, but with the backing, okay? And they, but they want half. And at half. I said, we'll believe God in the miracle often God's going to provide. Whatever it takes, $8,000. Also, you go, well, what else? We're believing. How many of you would like to stop walking on the rocks? All the ladies said. And every lady that's ever tried to well high heels, it's been spiritual battle to get here. There's drainage issues we got to deal with. You know, we're going to do that that's what we're doing. We have an opportunity to buy some land here to the right. You know? And so we're going to do it step by step, alright? We're growing out of the children's building. We're going to build another building off to our left here for the children. How's that all going to happen? God, But the first order of business, we're going to pay for the chairs. Is that alright? <laughs> Second bi- bi- order of business is we're going to start preparing, you know, for the parking lot. You know, the cool thing is this morning I was here and Maybe you came and you pre-gave already. Or you can go and give online to our Savior's church, Jennings.com. You could do that. You know, what really blessed me this morning is there's a guy that that I know, and Miss Margie, he just came. He didn't come to our church. He said, I saw, and then 10%, let me just say this, 10% of all that we we give, we do this every year, it's going to Africa. Pastor Willem's work there in Africa. He'll be here. Next month, you know, so with his whole family, the whole Afrikan crew, and and we're just we've been committed. I think we've given five thousand. So we've been we've given five thousand dollars this year to help them when they're building. It's gonna cost them a hundred thousand dollars to build the building they need to build. Okay. In Africa, that's like a million, that's like you multiply that times seven, it's seven million Rand. Okay? And, or seven hundred thousand. I'm sorry, seven hundred, not seven. I'm really exa- I'm really like exaggerating, evangelistically speaking. Anyway, but seven hundred million ran and for them, that just. And I, and I. Can I just say? Can I tell you what I committed to him for that we want to do in the next? It hadn't been a year yet. I committed. We're gonna give you ten thousand dollars. We want our church. We want to be ten percent. Of what you gave, of what how, when you build the building, you know that our Savior's Church Jennings and Eunice gave you ten percent, amen. And so, so ten percent, and that's why that guy came this morning. I was coming back. I knew a, that guy came. He said, "I got the letter in the mail," and he said, "And y'all were giving to Africa." And he said, "That's why I want to give because y'all giving some of that money to Africa." Didn't even come to our church. He got on a a registered thing, you know. I mean, he just went in the mailing list. If you're not on the mailing list, see, Pastor Josh, he'll put you on the mailing list. I didn't get the letter. Well, you're not on the mailing list. Anyway. So this morning, what we're going to do is, it's like we do every year. We're going to pray. You're going to pray. You're going to believe. And then, as God speaks to you, and he might, He's already—I believe He's already spoken to many of you—and some of you goes, "I'm not even prepared." Well, <laughs> pray. I've had people give IOUs, not to me. I owe you. I owe Jesus. I owe J. And uh, I know yeah, it's funny. That it's like this week. Sabrina was texting and I put okay, M-O-G means man of God she goes, this is Sabrina, I go, okay W-O-G, anyway as he plays in a moment just want you to bring your it's your offering, this isn't your tithe this is your offering however you feel God's spoken to you, amen Let me pray. And as they play, is the band coming up? Come on, band. Y'all come on up. Let's get out the spirit of hesitation. Should I come? Will I come? Father, I just thank you for this opportunity that we have to give. when I think about just where I'm at, it's not the best season in my life. It's not. But Lord, it's the best season in my life too. And I pray for everyone here this morning. I pray they wouldn't feel pressure from me, but they would just obey you. That you would speak there wouldn't be any regrets. They wouldn't count what they're missing. They'd be able to have joy in what they're giving. No matter how large, no matter how small. It's equal sacrifices with equal gifts. And Father, I pray this morning that you would just come and that you would breathe upon this offering this morning. Lord, you know, our desires and things that we have planned that we want to do and we feel like those are things that you want us to do to be a blessing in this community to bless people and i pray that this morning as your people have prayed that they hear your voice and they would just simply obey that we bring joy to your heart in jesus name amen